This is Business by the Bay, here to discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions. Your host, Ajay Sani. Good morning and welcome everyone to Business by the Bay, where we talk to successful business leaders and discuss various challenges businesses face and possible solutions. I'm Ajay Sani and today's show is sponsored by Payroll Vault. It is a boutique-style local payroll service provider for small businesses. Payroll Vault fully handles the payroll tasks and take over complex payroll activity from the business owners. And they are also helping qualified businesses get ERC employee tax credit. The credit is up to $5,000 per employee for 2020 and up to $7,000 per employee per quarter for the first three quarters of 2021. For details, please call Payroll Vault at 925-273-7020. Today with me is Sarah Subiondo. She is a growth-focused teacher and administrator offering comprehensive experience across a variety of educational settings. She has demonstrated success in teaching, curriculum development, professional coaching, education administration, and project development. She offers change management expertise and she transforms organization-wide systems. Sarah has expertise in developing instructor-led training curricula using industry best practices and standards. Good morning, Sarah. How are you doing today? Good, I'm so excited to be here. So let's jump into, because we have quite a few things to talk about. <laughs> First of all, I would like to start with like, you are involved with a couple of nonprofit organizations. So yep. why don't we talk about like, what is it that you like most about working with nonprofits? Well, I'm a very service oriented person. Um, and so my time in the nonprofit sector has uh, been a part of me since um, I came into my career. So long ago, I was a teacher in Pajaro Valley, mm -hmm. um, which is in Santa Cruz County. Mm -hmm. And during that time, as any teacher does, I completely immersed myself into the community I was teaching and what I realized as living on a teacher's salary, I really didn't have the money to donate or to invest in different community organizations, but mm -hmm. what I did have was time. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much a can-do person. I'm very much the boots-on-the-ground person. And so for me, I realized very quickly that my time and energy invested in a lot of the community efforts that were happening was far more valuable. And because I'm that kind of doer, it was really easy to jump in and work towards change. And for me, what I love most is mm -hmm. that it's full of agency and creativity that you can direct towards your passions. That's what nonprofits really are about. Very good. So let's first talk about the Youth Build program in Livermore. So can you please share the purpose and mission of this program? Yeah. Simply put, we're mm -hmm. a jobs program and we're focused on taking youth who have disengaged from education. So maybe they haven't earned their high school diploma uh -huh. or their GED. Uh -huh. And we're helping them to earn that while also earning certifications in the construction trade. So with our guidance and support, we offer OSHA 10 certification, forklift certification, MC3 certification, in addition mm -hmm. to giving them time to work towards their uh, diploma or GED. What's really exciting and unique about that is we're one of the only programs that I know of mm -hmm. that's a pre-apprenticeship program that actually supports you in getting your high school diploma and GED in this region. So mm -hmm. that's what makes our work really exciting. My job is a job placement specialist, so one of the other things that we do is 
we work really assertively and aggressively to create community and support for our youth so that as they finish this pre-apprenticeship program, they can go straight into employment, either in the trades or outside of it. Uh Everything we offer them is about filling that soft skills gap, that Uh education gap, that certification gap that they might have that might be the barrier between kind of that base level try it out job and something that's a stepping stone towards a career in a particular field. Okay. Yeah, because I think the interesting part of this type of a program is that you are really able to create a win-win situation for all parties involved. And Mm -hmm. I can just say that students, like let's talk about the the students who kind of like Uh, may not be enjoying uh, studying in school, Mm -hmm. it's very easy for those students to get into the negative side of things because like, you know, an idle mind is like, you know, (laughs) could could go into uh, really um, negative things, may start committing petty crimes. And soon we realize those uh, kids are totally off track. Mm -hmm. But if they are given a positive environment where they can learn something, so they will get the skills yeah. and once they get the skills they'll get the confidence that okay hey I can do it and I'll get a job and wherever they get the job yeah. the employers will get the benefit exactly. by having like skilled people exactly well and what's really excited is it's not just a program that's for the student that's sort of fallen off track uh-huh. we're talking about the youth that for the most part we could argue these are the youth that have kind of already been discarded from all of the systems they may have been just as involved so they mm-hmm. may have served time mm-hmm. uh, they may be former foster mm-hmm. all kinds of different youth that would be considered challenging. They've got learning gaps in their education. They may have been migrant. Uh, Two of our students came to us in this year in this cohort. They came to us homeless. Mm -hmm. All kinds of challenges are facing them. So this becomes a place where we can collect those youth together. Uh And since the systems have in some ways, we could argue that these the educational system has already said, this is not for you. Our job is to sort of transform that, put the mm-hmm. hammer in their hand, mm-hmm. send them out onto a project. I think on Wednesday, we're going to be uh, working with Habitat for Humanity in Walnut Creek, uh-huh. and we're going to be uh, swinging hammers and building things. Um, so, you know, we're able to do those kinds of things. They've also, their their horizons are broadened. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them come in and they pretty much think that there's like maybe four trades, plumbing, okay. electric, cement, and, you know, it's very limited knowledge of what exists. And then, of course, through our mentorship and through the mentorship that's offered by the greater trades community, all of a sudden their eyes are opened up. So now we've got two students, they've got their hearts set on underwater welding. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Uh, we've got other students that are really excited about being laborers and others that are looking at, there's a program in um, in Sausalito, I believe, okay. um, that's a boating program that teaches you how to work on private boats. And cool. so we've got a student that's really mm-hmm. interested in jumping into that program next. So it really does become a pathway. It becomes a pathway to a variety of different options. Um, but it also becomes a really powerful place where youth are learning and f- kind of backfilling for some of the skills that are so important to long-term sustainable employment yeah. that are skills that aren't necessarily taught. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we hear them called soft skills, but I prefer 
core skills. These are those things, looking someone in the eye when you talk to them, shaking hands, Mm -hmm. um, all of these kinds of things that for, you know, for some time, for whatever reasons, they've been out of the gap of this. And these are the things that we know that are most important in order to close the achievement gap and really set them on a sustainable path towards a sustainable future. Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. And the other part is that when they are constructive, when they are creating things, what it results in, a solution, something that creates value. So whatever they will like, whichever trade they will pick, they will be creating things. So when they'll create, the community will be able to take advantage of their skills. Exactly. And there's skills, there's shortage, right? (laughs) (laughs) There is, and it's really interesting. There's a gap between our youth and the skills and the jobs out there. A lot of times it's an information gap. It's as simple as an information gap, understanding Mm -hmm. how to apply. One of the other ones that we hear the most from employers is literally hiring people who are going to show up on time consistently. And so working with our youth around that, getting Mm -hmm. them to better understand what barriers are keeping them from doing that, and understanding the psychological framework and structure that's going on in some in a, in a youth head that's already challenged um, what is it that's going on in their life that's causing them to struggle with being on time or showing up or putting all the puzzle pieces together for some of these things and post-covid this is where we need to spend some of our time is really examining the gaps mm-hmm. uh, and so yes it's really exciting and imagine as a youth you've been told your whole life you're not good at school etc cetera, etc cetera, but you can point to a building and say I I built that. I did that. The cement columns you see, I built the forms for those. I did that. And that's the thing that's probably most exciting about the outcomes for these youth. And we're working with, I mean, they're just a great group of people. Yeah. They're just a great it, it group of people. It gives them great confidence. So you kind of mentioned briefly about the challenges. So what kind of challenges you face at the Youth Build uh, program and how do you solve those challenges? Well, I'm solving a challenge right now, Uh (laughs) right here by sitting across from you and talking about Youth Build. We're a brand new program. We're the new kid on the street. There are other pre-apprenticeship programs. And although we're the only one that offers a component so that that students that want to enter into a trade um, can earn their GED and therefore qualify for an apprenticeship, we're still getting the word out. Also, Mm -hmm. we're dealing with a very uh, particular slice of the population. These are youth that are 17 to 24 that have disengaged from education, which means that the public school setting has labeled them as a dropout. No school setting wants to very quickly, as soon as a student doesn't finish high school, put the label of dropout on them. It makes schools look bad, and it feels like we haven't served them. Um, And the challenge is that one of our criteria Mm -hmm. is that they need to have not completed high school and that they need to be a dropout. So that narrows the sector of the population. As a result of that, although we've partnered, the reason we exist is Mm -hmm. because of the Livermore School District. So we are in partnership with them. They're the ones that actually wrote the grant. We can collect data from them, but sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge to work with the greater community and the other districts to get those lists to find those students. So doing things such as this, radio shows, tabling at different events, reaching out, our best target audience is actually the parents of these youth. 
those are the mm-hmm. those are the people that are looking around. They see their kiddo struggling. They saw their child not finish high school for a variety of different reasons. They know they just need to do something with their hands. Those are the parents that have been most responsive in bringing their you know having their youth apply. The biggest challenge is getting recruits. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the way that we're addressing that is finding creative solutions about how we get ourselves out there, tabling at farmers markets, uh, doing radio shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook pages, uh, lots of networking. That's a lot of what I do in my position as mm-hmm. a job placement specialist uh, so that we can really cast a broad net and reach out to a very unseen population. Very good. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like, you know, you said you are targeting like a narrow segment. Mm-hmm. So is there a requirement that this, the student or the kid has to be between age 17 and 24, mm-hmm. which is there, but also it has to be a resident of Livermore or does no. it matter? No, that's the best part. If you can get to us, you can join the program. From anywhere. It's that simple. From anywhere. For example, I mean, if you were as far north as Stockton, there's a youth build there, so you might want to go there. But if you're in Tracy, there's no reason why you wouldn't join our youth build. If you're in Pleasanton, please come on over. Uh, we're near the BART station, so we're even centrally located because we're on uh, the Livermore School District's maintenance yard, which is very exciting and fun, let me tell you. And so anybody from the area and the surrounding areas, the Tri-Valley area, we're here for you. We really are. Uh, awesome. The 25% of our numbers can come from students who are maybe mm, not quite on track to uh, graduate but are still in the system. We okay. just limit it to 17 because we recognize is that in most of the trades and a lot of the construction field jobs and the plus jobs, okay. the other sectors, you often have to be 18 to work in those jobs. Got it. So we want them to finish the six-month program and be close to turning 18 if not already. And there's more. Okay. Did I tell you, of course you already know this, but we also offer them a stipend. So this is a free program Mm -hmm. and all of the students in it receive a $500 stipend every month. And there are opportunities because we partner with a lot of really great organizations to increase that amount of money as students um, are involved in the program. So it's really about getting the word out. Cool, actually, I knew that they get some <laughs> stipend, but I didn't know that they get $500 a month. Yes. Learning, so that's, uh, yeah. know, that's good information. Yeah. And uh, so I will say, listeners, if you know any uh, you know, youth between the age of 17 and 24 and uh, is looking for like you know what needs to be done or parents are a little worried that, okay, where we can place uh, our kids, this is, uh, you know, awesome uh, avenue to explore, and it doesn't hurt. Just uh, you know, go and talk, and you can even see mm-hmm. how those uh, st- students are working and learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're a, a small business in in the construction realm, that's really exciting. But we don't want to limit to just that. Uh, in the fall, we'll be starting up our partnership with Las Positas, who will be offering a welding portion to our program because we're a construction plus. And then we're also hoping to support uh, Bay Area CNA, which is a really great program as well. And so that's another way that through Youth Build, we're really working to create a multifaceted approach and support these youth to earn the skills they need as well as their diplomas so that they can be sustainably employed. This was pretty cool, Mm -hmm. Uh, very, very exciting. So 
Now let's move to the other nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me switch hats. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, let's talk about the Partners for Change Tri Valley. Yep. So, what change does this organization bring? Well, I'm really happy, and yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm a true Californian. I have two jobs. <laughs> and, uh, and I always laugh when I say that, and some people get a kick out of my business card with uh, the fact that I have actually on each side <laughs> of a different job <laughs> title. But uh, essentially, in a nutshell, we are a community mentorship program that focuses on alleviating social, emotional, and economic poverty through self-sufficiency and then financial and economic sustainability. So our goal through kind of a three-phase process is to really support our participants to explore a more holistic understanding of poverty and really understand that poverty is more than a simply a lack of money, but instead it's a lack that can exist in a variety of areas and that when we address it, it can actually provide us opportunities to build community and that through community, we can really start to strategically pull on the levers to okay. um, eliminate the barriers that cause systemic poverty and, and cause people to be excluded from kind of an economic or a social sustainability. So we do this through education. We have a three-phase curriculum. Phase one is about understanding these ideas, and we come together every Tuesday night, have a meal together, mm -hmm. and then participate in curriculum that helps us understand what holistic poverty is, define it, understand the context of critical race theory and equity versus inclusivity mm -hmm. versus equality. Then in phase two, we start to look at this from a leadership aspect. Okay. And in phase three, we do what we call reciprocity, which is where we give back. And so that's where we're really participating back in the community and really looking at systemic barriers that we think we may be able to kind of press on to eliminate. So the target audience in terms of like people who are not doing financially that well, uh, you just reach out to them and then invite them to educate or like that's that's how you start or what, what is the process? So the really cool part about Partners for Change is it's not based on, there are no parameters. Okay. A good, healthy phase one cohort of partners should roughly reflect the demographics of the community in which it exists. Okay. So we really want diversity. Imagine that for the most part, there are a lot of ways that we've kind of got these barriers that sort of keep people separate. And what Partners is about is creating strategic partnerships. So we're talking about partnerships where we've got people bridging together from different class lines and socioeconomic statics, from different identities, from different races, all the different ways that you could imagine people dividing okay. themselves. Mm -hmm. What we're looking is to create a community that strategically partners all of those people back together so that we can really learn from each other because what we know is that when we're able to dismantle that and we're able to have deep conversations about what poverty is on a holistic level imagine mm -hmm beyond just you have money and I don't have money, what we find is is that there's a lot more commonality and there's a lot more creativity that can happen. What also happens is, is that we come from an assets-based perspective. Okay. And that means that instead of us operating from what we don't have, we're creating a community based on the assets we have. 
that's a heck it. of a lot yeah. more powerful. And so now all of a sudden, if I come into this community and I say, I have a need, I'm struggling with my social security payments and someone else has the assets of having been a caseworker for such and such an organization, they may know how to better navigate the social security system. Mm-hmm. And those two people can partner up together and we can solve that problem and everybody learns in the process. So it's really about creating partnerships. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So how do you involve people? Because one thing is like awareness. Mm -hmm. If I'm not aware of that such a thing exists, I will never reach out. That's (laughs) one. But even once there is awareness within the community, uh, do you meet like uh, on a monthly basis or something so that you say, okay, these are the events you come over and we'll talk? Yeah. Yeah. So every Tuesday we have class. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so every Tuesday starts out with a meal. Okay. We offer free childcare. Um, we meet at Asbury uh, Church in in Livermore. Okay. And uh, which is over on East Avenue. I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but um, it's Asbury United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. We are not a religious organization, so okay. all it's it's not faith based. So anybody can start, come. Yeah, yeah. Anybody can come. And we have child care, as I said. And so essentially what happens is we start out with a meal, then we move into our classes. In the class, we learn the theories and kind of the principles upon which Partners for Change is kind of organized. We work with a, our parent organization is an organization called Networks. And so using their guiding principles and using their curriculum, uh, we work to create this intentional mentorship community, which means that we're all mentoring each other. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I come in and I'm the affluent person who is going to teach you how to fish and I'm going to show you how to do all the things because somehow I've mastered them. It's um, I'm going to mentor you in the areas that I know I'm strong, but I'm asking for mentor- mentorship from others in the community in the areas that I'm struggling. Maybe I have a hard time making friends. Right. Um, maybe um, I'm struggling in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm struggling economically. Um, Maybe I've got children with some mental health issues and I'm really struggling with finding resources for them. Let's all come together and let's work together to create networks and support each other to navigate those things. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So what about this organization? Is it just based on like people living in Livermore or or it could again be (laughs) anyone can come? Anybody can come. It's uh, it's Partners for Change Tri-Valley. So we okay. serve the Tri-Valley area. Okay. And we're working to expand. I think one of the challenges that Partners faces is uh, we've traditionally operated in one location. Okay. And that seems to sort of narrow our ability. And so what we're really, we're in a growth flux right now, which is really exciting. <laughs> we're redefining ourselves. We're talking about what it means, what our real purpose is. And we're also talking about ways that we can better reach out into the community and instead of just meeting in one place at Asbury, what would it look like to have a variety of phase one cohorts existing around different communities and then in phase two bringing those people together when that leadership mm-hmm. calling really happens and then phase three and so on. But anybody from around the area is welcome to come and the best way of course is to check out our website. Excellent. So if anyone wants to contribute Mm-hmm. Uh, or be part of the two organizations you mentioned today. Yeah. So what is the easiest and the best way to get involved? Because involvement can be at different level. Yeah. I just want to get information. I want some help. Mm-hmm. Or 
I have a uh, I I have a passion to help others and say, okay, I want to join a nonprofit. So in in those scenarios, what's the best way to get involved? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the simplest way, and the okay. simplest way is to email me. And okay. we're not going to mess around with my last name, so we're going to use the easiest email possible, and that is Sarah S A R A S at PFCTV, and that's basically Partners for Change Tri Valley. Dot org. So that's Sarah S at PFCTV.org. That's the best way. You can email me about anything you have questions about. And that's the best place to start. You can talk to me about Youth Build. You can talk to me about Partners for Change. Um, ask me any questions you want. And let's start a conversation. Yeah. No, that's uh, really good. So, again, listeners, uh, a great opportunity to really uh, reach Sarah and uh, not only learn more about these excellent programs, but also see uh, how we can contribute. And a lot of times when it comes to contributions, like in a nonprofit, people think, oh, it's about donation, which is one part, like, okay, we can always donate if we, uh, if we can and whatever we can, but also it's about time. time. If we can donate our time and support, create awareness, tell others about it, uh, those things are also very impactful. Absolutely. I think um, often we think that we can simply throw money at a situation. And while I want you to throw money at Partners for Change, Tri-Valley, or at Youth Build, go ahead, throw it. Um, at the same time, what is actually very powerful and very important to that process in order to make it all work, to make that engine happen, yeah. is time and energy and intentionality about that. And so if you're like I am, I'm a doer. And a doer is somebody who wants to get their hands dirty and get right in there and be a part of the change and be a part of the transformation. And so we have a lot of amazing resources in this area and it's exciting to be a part of them. Absolutely. So Sarah, you have like, you know, uh, such a diverse experience. You have seen different organizations work for different organizations. So I have a question for mm -hmm. you. So if you are meeting some business owners, and it could be like, you no, know, I, I, I say that when it comes to nonprofit or for-profit, the basic concept is same, that there are certain problems, certain challenges, and the organizations are trying to solve those challenges. That's Absolutely. what kind of, you know, yeah. we, we work. So if you are meeting a group of business owners and you are to provide them certain suggestions, advice, what would be your advice to be successful? Well, I think mm -hmm. that one of the greatest challenges that any organization face for-profit, non-profit, small business, large business, is truly understanding the open and closed systems that exist within any organization. And I think one of the key pieces of that is understanding how each, what role each stakeholder plays, which stakeholder groups exist, how they navigate, how they move. And I think that the most important thing that needs to happen for any kind of transformation or any kind of movement forward is agency. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, what I'm really talking about is I think that when stakeholders feel invested, okay. they feel as though their voice is heard. They feel that they're a part of the changes that are happening and they feel that they have a say. When those kinds of things are present in any organization, mm -hmm. any business, um, transformation is very easy to happen. It, it happens very naturally because when people 
feel invested in, mm-hmm. then they are willing to invest in the process. And when people have the capacity to buy into a program or a process that's going to move them forward, then they're more likely to adhere to a change. And so I really believe it's about ensuring that you have transparency. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding and, and being beholden to the stakeholders in your groups and really being willing to have frank and honest conversations with people. And to instead of seeing change as something that you pull and drag people through, mm-hmm. thinking of it as something that we gradually move the players across the field together. That transparency, that communication, understanding the systems, those are the key pieces to navigating any movement forward. So basically, uh, having a feeling of we and sort of the openness so that everybody is in sync rather than, okay, why we are doing this, I don't understand. So I can be just, you know, disconnect myself and that will just hurt the whole team. Exactly. If you want to eliminate, we already did that, or why are they trying this? Or in education, we hear a lot, oh, there goes the pendulum again. If you want to eliminate those kinds of conversations, then it takes listening. Yeah. And it takes taking yourself from the front as the leader and really actually moving to the back yeah. And investing yourself in the agency of those around you to move forward. Excellent, Sarah. Really appreciate your time and uh, sharing the you know wonderful work that you are doing in the community. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for this time. It really has been an honor. So listeners, thank you for joining us on Business by the Bay today. This show was brought to you by Payroll Vault. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You can find the recording of the show on our website, businessbythebay.live. Please feel free to contact us in case you have any questions. You may send us an email at info at businessbythebay.live. Take care and have a wonderful weekend. Business by the Bay with your host, Ajay Sani. Join us next time as we discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions.